0: On a Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Rod on ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And here we are with the Talking Giants edition. We did a little home and home with the Talking Giants guys. Very entertaining fellows. They've been at every practice so far this summer as well. So we're going to get their take on what they've seen. Real quick, before we get to that, because that's going to be primarily this episode, is I'm going to give you a few things that have really stood out to me Early in training camp, right? So we had talked about the offense getting off to a slow start, and Daniel Jones, and I kind of warned that that was going to happen. I mean, my bold prediction, I get heck was uh, that the defense was going to dominate the summer, and that was in part because they're learning a new offense. But the offense has a little uh, has had a little resurgence of late. So I'm taping. We're taping this on Wednesday. The previous two practices were probably their best practices of the summer. Daniel Jones, ditto, same for him as well. So, you know, what should we make of it? I, I mean, not much at this point. You know, he's had ups and downs, looked good at times, struggled at times. So, I, I don't know. There's, there's nothing that has happened so far that has changed my opinion on what I thought Daniel Jones was coming into the summer. Uh, I, I, you know what? To be honest with you, I don't think there's anything that can change my opinion on him until we get to the regular season and see him play in regular season games in Brian Dable's offense and Mike Kafka's offense. So until we see that, you know, there, there's nothing that is going to change my opinion of what I think he is and can be. And what that is, is I think it's, it's a, you know, he's a quality starting quarterback. I don't know if he's a good enough starting quarterback, like, you know, but You know, can he be a top half of the league guy if he's in the right situation and play and he's at the top of his game? That I I do think, but barely. So is that good enough? That that's really the big question. So we're gonna see. He's gonna have an opportunity this year because that's the whole point. They're gonna give Daniel Jones an opportunity to to show what he can do in this offense with what they hope is a competent offensive line. Now, real quick on the offense, because these are the things that kind of stand out to me right now. The way the Giants run their offense definitely should get you excited. Where, you know, Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, New Blood, not Jason Garrett, anybody, AB, ABG, anybody but Garrett. Yeah, that kind of holds true here. But the fact that you're seeing guys like, you know, the motion is something that was talked about right away early in camp, tons of motion in the Giants offense. You know, guys like Wandale Robinson, you know, in the backfield. Uh, you know, motioning into the backfield, out of the backfield, and the Jets sweeps. Kadarius Toney, same thing. We'll probably see the same thing with Sterling Shepard when he gets back to Saquon being, you know, all over the the formations. These are things that have to get you excited as a Giants fan, that there's hope for the future with this offense, that you're not going to see another offense that scores 15 points a game because in today's NFL, that's flat-out embarrassing. That's what it was. Now, granted, Giants finished last year with Mike Glennon. And then uh, Jake Fromm is their quarterback. So that surely contributed to it. But let's not pretend they were a good offense before that. Far from it. Far from it. But seeing some of the things that Brian Dable does and the way he's going to utilize his pieces in regards to playmakers, interchangeable parts all over the field, uh, versatility, like that's what they're looking for. And you could see, you know, Wandale Robinson, Kadarius Toney, Sterling Shepard, Even Richie James, those are guys that fit that mold that can be used in multiple ways, that can run the ball out of the backfield, that can be used on sweeps, you know, jet sweeps and uh, out of the slot and just just do a lot of different things and at times can also play on the outside. So there's reason for optimism there. Now, Kenny Galladay has me, gives you a little more reason, pause for concern. He had a great day this last practice. It was the best I've seen Kenny guy. And it was off a day of rest. They didn't really use him much the day before. So maybe that's because his body's just getting right. But he looks very tight to me. The way he runs is just not fluid right now. Now, maybe it's because he was banged up in the spring. We don't exactly know what that injury was. He was a little evasive on it when he talked. So that's your only real hope, I think. With Kenny Galladay is that that injury, he's still he's still getting healthy right now. And that's why he's a little tight and not moving great. But then there's a flip side that it could be, hey, this guy really has been banged up for two years now. Never was super explosive. That was never his game. You know, maybe he lost a little bit and him losing a little bit could be problematic. Evan Neal also slow start. Obviously, seventh overall pick right tackle hasn't looked great. You know, we can't sugarcoat this. He hasn't looked great early in training camp. Not going to make too big a deal about it right now. He's a rookie. Growing pains, going to happen. But just something to keep an eye on. The tight end position for the Giants right now, holy cow. Ricky Ricky Seals-Jones, who they signed this offseason, is kind of, he's been banged up. He's been out. He hasn't been practicing. So, I mean... It's Daniel Ballinger, the rookie fourth-round pick, and just, I mean, what, Andre Miller? Uh, Jordan Akins has been playing second, third team. I mean, they really don't have much there. It would almost surprise me at this point if at some point they don't have to add a veteran tight end. Like, I know Eric Ebron came in earlier this offseason. Like, something like that I, I could definitely see happening moving forward, considering the state of their tight end position. Also, cornerback, man. Their cornerback depth is something that's very noticeable. Odori Jackson, by the way, has been great. He might have, he might actually be having the best camp out of anybody on the Giants. I, I that's how well I think he's playing. Like he's been great every time they try and throw at him. You know, pretty much he's right there, intercepted a couple passes. So I've been very impressed with Odori Jackson. Now, my little concerned overall that he's your number one cornerback, sure, but. The fact that he's playing at a, a really high level makes you feel good. The depth behind him and, and, Aaron, and, and Aaron Robinson, who Aaron Robinson we still don't know much about. We're, we're, we're learning. Jury's out on him. Like one day, I looked the other day, okay? Let me just set the scene. Cordell Flott didn't really do much that day. So the second team, Cordell Flott's obviously a draft pick, you know, mid-round, a third-round draft pick. The second team cornerbacks for the Giants were Zion Gilbert, Darren Evans and Khalil Dorsey. And if you don't know those names, I don't blame you, right? You're like, who are those guys? Exactly. That's the point. And that's kind of why the second team offense, I think gets to feast a little bit. Like they, uh, it's bad. their cornerback depth is bad. It's something that also, and I don't even know if they can really address it. It it might just be something they got to take on the chin, but that's one area of this team that they're going to need to fix going forward is that defensive backfield. They are short on players. They better hope some of these young guys, the Aaron Robinsons, Cordell Flots, or even Darnay Holmes, who's who's having a strong camp in the slot, that these guys really pop, that these guys end up being players. They can't afford for these guys not to be players. All right, I touched on enough right there. Let's get to the main show. On to the next one.
1: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
0: All right, we're going to run it back because I just did an interview for Talking Giants. Bobby Skinner, Justin Pennock right here to my right and my left. We're sitting in a van, by the way. Let me just explain. Breaking, Breaking the blue. <laughs> Say On to the next <laughs> we're just—we're just gonna do you your do podcast for time. you. It's gonna be like a nervous twitch every like in the middle of talking. We're just saying, <laughs> I'm gonna be a real pro, and I'm just gonna keep going. Now, you guys, so just a heads up. This so, is
2: this is actual Giants after dark in the in the van
0: yeah so we're they have me in a van okay this is like an old-school type of move the movie I'm talking about mm-hmm. where they basically go around and they start snatching everybody and kidnapping them and throwing them in the van they, they, we're in a van in the car oh, we forgot lot
2: to redo we were gonna make outside. that video and we forgot to do that what
0: do you mean there's still time there's,
2: yeah we got to do that
0: it's August something mm. something August. we'll be here yeah you're here plenty of time oh you did we're make it and I
2: forgot to post it that's my fault <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're right. on top of it, Bobby. Can we get on on track here? Yeah, let's even, get on we didn't track even get through the introduction. All these ESPN listeners
2: a, are, are hating me right now. We're
0: we're in a parking lot, okay? Out at the Giants, outside the Giants practice facility, practice field, and we're sitting in a van, three in a row, by ourselves. sweating our asses off. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I'm in my back sweat crazy right now. With a camera in the van, sure. And now we're going to run it back. I just did your podcast. Now you guys are going to do mine. Let's do it. So you've been here all of training camp. Every practice. What are we, six deep right now? So Today was the seventh practice we seven. saw. Huge. Okay, so wow. Today was seven. Right? So basically we're a weekend. Yeah. You've been there for every practice. Now we started off, We were first day, everyone, we got full carte blanche. We're taping everything. You guys are having a blast. I mean, you, I, I try and pick, like, the two or three best plays. You guys are pumping out, what, 10, 15? Probably 10
2: overall, yeah, because they, mm-hmm. t- I mean, they, they allowed us on those days.
3: Yeah. You could I was getting it. the motion. I was having a lot of fun with the motion. I didn't even show the play. I would just show the motion.
0: Yeah, which is exactly what the Giants don't want. And other teams don't want, to. I don't know if you saw the Vikings. The Vikings had it on, like, a scoreboard mm-hmm. and said, you know, please, fans, help out your team. Don't tape. Yeah. They're very paranoid. So the second day we show up and they say, no more taping to the media. But you guys are not in the – you are media, by the way. You don't have media passes. You're you're fans in the stands. Mm Mm-hmm. So you you continue taping, but the Giants then they decide okay, the next day and the day after that they start having security out there basically looking for you guys. Yeah,
3: they sent me a I nice mean, you're email. Still,
0: you're still you're still taping in at this point. Yeah, I'll I'll go walk. So tell, tell me, wait, where did where did all of a sudden, <clears throat> we're in day seven, you guys are no longer taping. So how did we get here?
2: So what had happened? So day one, everyone's taping. Day two, you guys weren't taping, but we were allowed to. Right. Day three, the signs show up. For us. Day three and four were like.
0: We're just, day two, day two is like you're, you you're in your glory us. on day two. Yeah, yeah. day three, yeah, and the four only up. ones, the only ones, you got exclusive videos from Giants practice. Basically,
2: day, day three and four, we record. Um, we're just like, hey, until they tell us to stop. Like they were yelling at everyone but us. Like we were having conspiracy theories of our own. Did they tell the? that they tell the to security to leave us? Well, we
0: alone. saw. We saw the security try to start looking for you guys. They, somehow they couldn't find you. Not like hey, I'm, I mean, the, I'm like- six
2: foot seven standing <laughs> up <laughs> in the back row. I don't know how they didn't see me. Um, and then on Sunday. Justin gets an email from the head of security. I email them back, and then I get a phone call from Pat Hamlin where we went. Uh, Pat Hamlin, the what is, head wait, 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 of hold on.
0: You email him back. You can't just gloss over that. What did you say in the email back? Did we you said, say, no, I'm going to keep taping? No,
2: we said, we're going to follow the rules. But it was like, could we have a conversation? Because, you know, we'd like to find some sort of middle ground. Just basically letting them know, like, yes, we're going to follow your rules, but we're not happy about it. Um, and I said, like you guys put all the basically all the plays we're putting on. You guys put on training camp live, and I just think there's a lot like with better cameras, by the way, and not Twitter reduced quality. The Giants are going to yeah. play three preseason games. The, I I I'm I don't doubt that there's other teams watching stuff, but at the end of the day, it's not going to change anything. Watching a few Twitter clips, it's going to be off the preseason what they base it off of.
0: Um, I think if we could get everyone to go tight. And you don't have all that motion, and you don't see it from like the that perspective. That and they wouldn't have a problem with sure, it. Sure, they're not reinventing solution? the wheel. You know, was that a solution you suggested or no? Um, that was kind of what we suggested. Hey, we we we'll just, just p- we'll just make sure we do it tight. We won't have the whole play and the formations yeah. so everybody could see. You know, your route combinations, your formations, that kind of stuff. From
2: the stands, it's just impossible to do that because you're so far back. But then, um, nice so you we zoom in, right? Eh?
0: No? Yeah. Even as
2: much as you zoom in, it's still a wide shot from where, yeah. where we're, yeah. where we're using sitting. So. so Pat Han you know, we were respectful. Um, and, and Pat Handel Hand was nice, too. And said we'd stop. So that was the end of it.
3: That so was the you, end.
0: The end of the video. And so and so now the you, the fans, do not have videos of live drills of practice. That That's where we stand because we, just, we can't tape any of the live periods. So you'll see... Individual drills. You'll see one-on-ones. O-line,
2: D-line, one-on-ones are what O-line, I like. O-line, D-line. Yeah. Even though all the coaches are standing in the way, but regardless.
0: Yeah, some of the uh, nor there. O-line, D-line is the best for one-on-ones because the it one-on-ones the for most. the DBs and the wide receivers, sometimes it's stupid. You have a whole field to work. Yeah, it, They throw a pass. It's like the, the guy runs a 17 different moves in the middle of the field. It takes 20 seconds, and that completed pass, you're like, yay, the yeah. man's clapping. You're it's like, a, come on, there's no way. In the in the in the game that that was, right. that was it's great.
2: extremely favored for the offense and one on one O line D line is favored for the defense but it's not like unrealistic favored like like the wide receiver DB yeah. ones are
0: okay so whatever let's go over to what you guys have seen like what has stood out to you uh, you are Mister you know O line D line Bobby so let's start there what to you has stood out between those groups.
2: When John Feliciano was out and Jameel Douglas was in, the offensive line was inoperable. Just not just Jameel Douglas being bad on himself but also not picking up blitzes.
0: We're talking aside from just the snaps because the first day there was bad snaps. Yeah, too. the yeah.
2: snaps don't even bother me. It was just not picking up blitzes and losing losing individual battles. I'll ask you, do you think Shane Lemieux might ag- actually end up being good? Because he's had a pretty solid camp. And when they moved him to center, it looked better. And that was a player who has not earned it but yeah. has been a guy that we've talked about all offseason is like, don't quite give up on this guy yet. He got thrown in way too early his rookie year and then lost his whole second year. And it was the most limited sample size, but those 18 reps versus Broncos. like He was doing good in pass pros, and again, it was only 18 reps. I go
0: back and forth. I don't think he's a great pass pro player. But I think he should, he, he'll, be, he'll be a quality, he'll be a plus run blocker, maybe an average blocker yeah if you
2: can get to an average pass blocker like he's a guy like you keep around for yeah you know? like like don't go to the
0: opportunity by the way, he gets every snap with the first team at guard until he had to move to center, but yeah. like he he doesn't run with the second team Not Not at like, all he, no. they're giving him every opportunity in the yeah. world to be a starter uh, where, where do you stand on Justin where do you stand on shane Let me what do you, do you like what you've seen where you feel confident with him
3: yeah as um, an interior starter yeah i mean I, I would like to see. Josh Azudu a little bit more at guard. I think we're seeing him a little too much at tackle, but if we're just talking about Shane Lemieux here, then yes, I, would, I mean... We were saying all throughout last season, 17, 18 reps against the Broncos. Yes, it's very small sample size, but he looked like a different player and he looked comfortable. That was the main thing, too. And he's looked comfortable this training camp as well. You know, not being so hesitant, being more comfortable in pass pro his feet moving better, mirroring a little bit better. So if they feel if they feel confident in him where he is the sole one getting those left guard reps, the first team reps, then I feel good about it as well.
0: The confidence level in Evan Neal right now is blank. Justin, I'm going to start with you because it hasn't been great. It has been a little rocky start for for Evan Neal. I don't think any of us are going to sit here and deny that. So your confidence level in Evan Neal
3: right now is? It's still solid, but really I am more hesitant about the coaching side of things and Bobby Johnson rather than Evan Neal. Because I think Bobby Johnson, Talking the offensive it, line coach, set, aggressive approach. Yeah, and you know, we, you know, we we're we're friendly with some Bills guys. You know, the Cover One guys, and we're friendly with some of those guys. And they were not necessarily dreading losing Bobby Johnson as an offensive line coach. And you know, those Bills offensive lines over the years haven't been fantastic. I guess they haven't been necessarily terrible, but they haven't been fantastic. So I'm hoping that the coaching here and Bobby Johnson wanting it, wanting to do it his way, getting rid of these vertical sets. I'm hoping that doesn't, you know, impact. The growth and development of Evan Neal.
0: Where do you stand on Evan Neal at this point? It's been a week. I mean, we're not. None of us are giving up on him at this no, point. No, no. It's like, it's. Let's be yeah. fair. Like, we're not. None of us are completely panicked yet.
2: I think it's one. It's you. You remember every year that these guys are rookies. And, you know, you get so excited about their draft profiles, and you remember it's like, hey, these. This is another level of competition they're facing. Uh, I think some of the things he needs to clean up are definitely fixed. Like he's. It's not like he just can't handle the athleticism. You know, he dominated the number one pick. Uh, in the NFL draft, and Trayvon Walker when they played. So um, I think it's just some new things, switching back over to right tackle from left tackle. So it's it's only been a week, but I will say, like...
0: If it's three weeks in, no, we feel different.
2: Though. Well, I'm saying the very Thank near future, the very, like, current, like, thoughts of Evan Neal have went down a little bit about, how about, like, the first six weeks of the season. But, like, if... I, I, none of this makes me think about what year three, like, changes my opinion of what year three Evan Neal will be, but it's kind of, like, tempered the expectations for year one Evan mm-hmm. Neal. Yeah. Right. That makes
0: sense.
3: That makes yep, sense. Absolutely.
2: Uh,
0: the most important thing I mean, when we, we come about in practice and we, you really get a good look at it Daniel Jones, the quarterback. You guys, what, where are we at on Daniel Jones? I feel blank about Daniel Jones right now, Justin. <sighs> That's that's the answer, man. It's it's man. Like J- Justin made the point the Did first. You just
3: make one. a fart noise. Yeah, yeah, well, well, you know, well, really, Jordan, I'm more excited about the offense that Daniel Jones is in rather than Daniel Jones in the offense. If that makes sense. I'm more excited about the offense that he's in. So that means nothing about Daniel Jones. No, it really you, has it blown really doesn't. you away one way or the other. Yeah, and really, I, I hate to you know just go away from Daniel Jones, but you know, you asked Bobby about you know takeaways from camp. You wanted to start on the O-line, D-line, but for me, the takeaway from camp so far has been the elements of what we've seen from Mike Kafka and the Kansas City Chiefs offense, rather than just a Brian Dable offense, and how those guys are really. It seems like they're collaborating. I can easily see you know a, a head coach come in like Brian Dable, who's had to as an offensive coordinator saying, all right, yeah, Mike Kafka, you're here, thanks, but I kind of want to do things my way. I can easily see him doing that. I have a pedigree. My scheme is successful. You haven't even called plays before in the NFL. This is, you know, that's Andy Reid's system. But Mike Kafka is bringing in the elements of the Kansas City offense with the orbit motion and all the stuff that the Giants don't want us to show. Um, they haven't really done it the, the second week of practice. There a lot of heavy motion stuff the first week, especially in the red zone. Um, but that, that kind of stuff and adding the schematic element of Kansas City and Buffalo, because I feel like those two teams kind of balance each other out. Some of the things that Buffalo did, were, was bad at, I think Kansas City was very good at. Um, so I'm excited for Daniel Jones in that offense. That's what I'm excited about.
0: Are you uh, willing to give me a non-scapegoat answer? Yeah. And no, talk about you see Daniel how I
3: did Jones? that there, Jordan?
0: I will say it's gotten gradually better with the month. Like you become a pro's pro. By Thank
3: either. you.
2: Those first few days, it it didn't, like, it looked kind of like, and the third day was more just overall offense was bad, not necessarily Daniel Jones, even though he, yeah. he looked, but he was, the biggest issue Justin pointed out was, he was holding on to the ball for way too long, and there were so many would-be sacks, but they ended up throwing the ball in practice anyways, and then on Monday, when they focused on running the ball, mm-hmm. I mean, Daniel Jones was terrible. He was missing throws, he was missing timing, also, it, it was just a bad day, the last two days have been. Uh,
0: pretty solid. We're tipping this on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, that.
2: so a seven days of practice. It's gotten gradually better. And, again, you have to take in fact that they're playing against Wink, D's, or Wink Martindale's you know, pressure defense. So, but long-term, not just a week of practice with Jones for me is he has to be almost great to be brought back. No, yeah, I agree with this. Like, like it, 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 it doesn't matter if he's solid this year. If he's solid this year, it's not good enough because the worst thing for them points.
0: is if it's somewhere in between. Yeah. So like, it, you know, he's he's not bad. He's not great. Yeah. He's okay slash good. Like that's the that's the situation you don't want. And then you win six or seven. You win six or seven games. You don't get a great draft pick. You're in a no man's land when you're quarterback. That you want him to either fail spectacularly. Yeah. Or. You know, yeah. blow up in the in the best way possible.
3: Or still, I mean, he could play a, f- a really solid thirteen games, but that means that you're still missing four games, or you're you're missing five games. You know, and I, that's really the main thing with Daniel Jones too is that you know in 2020 we saw that offense start to pick up, then he gets hurt. 2021 they fired Jason Garrett, he gets hurt that game. So you know he's gotten hurt at very inopportune times throughout his career. Um, so that's a huge element part of it too. Where he, if he gets hurt this year, I almost feel like you regardless regardless of how he's him. playing, you you don't really deserve a, any best. kind of big contract investment yeah, yeah. can't
2: so it, it's and it depends on how they like where do they land with their draft spot like you said and if they're a guy if they land up with the eighth or ninth pick and they're like hey i think this guy's either going to be there and if he's not we're willing to trade up um if there's not that guy they point then you can bring back jones on a not the franchise tag but you know the a one year 11 12 million dollar deal like hey this you're not getting more than this on the open market yep. and use him as a, a stopgap um, but they also gave Tyrod Taylor the majority of his guarantee. Tyrod
3: Taylor's contract, contract so. is kind of a stopgap contract too, so for
2: sure, for so, sure. But he, I, he is the stopgap next year. Yeah. He's already
0: signed to be the stopgap just in case.
2: Yeah. With Daniel Jones, it's, it's 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 the contract's expiring, so it's really there's no more. It's now or never. You know, there's um, there's there's no more excuses and no more valid excuses because it does It just doesn't matter. So yep.
0: Let's uh, do let's do speed dating real quick. You date him or dump him, right? Based on what you've seen from them from training camp, you, you basically you like what you've seen, or you haven't. I, like I
3: can't. I can't believe I'm now part of a, a quick little podcast segment of a uh, breaking big blue with Jordan run on speed but date.
0: You're speed dating in a in a van. I've dreamed. I've run. dreamed of this. <laughs> if this is what your dreams were, uh, Justin, I don't know. I don't know. You might need to reconsider. Okay. Uh, okay. So ready? We'll, we'll start with uh, we'll start at the wide receiver position. Kadarius Tony. Mary. Date him or dump him based on what you've seen.
2: Date him. I love him. He's one of my favorite players on the team. He's electric, and he could be a game-changing player. The only thing
0: stopping him is health. Datum, same reasons. Uh, Kenny Galladay, based on what you've seen. Had a better day today. Today's Wednesday, but it's been a rough go so far. Mm-hmm. A lot of drops, but I do like the way they're using him. Date him or dump him, come on. I mean, like, what are you the conditions What are the conditions you got to pick dump? one right now based on what you've seen. Seven practices. I'll go first. That means that means dump him. And he just doesn't he, yeah, he's, he's, he's uh, he just he's trying to convince himself it Depends on
2: what the, the conditions same. are of the dump bar. Do we gotta split
3: everything? Like look what, what's all right, all right, all right. I, I got it. I'm going dump him. Simply because Wandell Robinson, Kadarius Tony, even Saquon Barkley in the receiving game, they're really gonna be featured. Now I, I thought heading into this year that oh we are going to see the Kenny Galde that we thought that we would see in, in 2021. Um but I think he could have a solid year, but I just don't see that happening because I think there's gonna be so many other weapons featured in the offense, so I'm gonna go dump him. Bobby,
0: do I'm, you like the way he's moving every day?
3: He just doesn't stretch, isn't that funny? I, I'm
2: I'm dating Kenny I'm not I'm oh, not letting oh, okay. I'm not letting the Jason I'm not letting Jason Garrett ruin plays for me. I'm I'm dating that Kenny That has nothing Galdi.
0: to do with Kenny what worries about me, what worries me from what I've seen so far is he just seems tight when he moves. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be moving freely. Like, you know, right?
3: the he, best like, play of camp that he had, but he's contestant. had. So Today far was the best one. It was a contested right. catch. And that's, you know, kind of during Wednesday's camp.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> we go on to Saquon Barkley, Bobby long-term. Dump. Right now, based on what you've seen in training oh, camp. Oh, date him. Then he's looked great yeah, in training that's camp. that's it. We're doing it based on what you've seen oh, right now okay. in training so camp. Oh, okay. So now I understand
2: guys. the rules. Yeah, date him. He's I mean, I said great. it
0: three times at he, least. Yeah,
2: I know. I'm listening, Jordan. He, he, he look, he's, looked he's, he's looked great. He's looked great. So datum. I know. I'm trying to answer the question. I'm I dating mean, You him. didn't
0: answer Galladay for like 10 minutes. We're still no. waiting for your answer. No. Where'd you go stand on, on what you've seen from Saquon?
3: I'm gonna go dump him. Um, really, just uh, part of his 2021 has it left a very very sour taste in my mouth. Um, I don't know if he can be the explosive back. I am less confident that he can be an efficient running back, which I think that is what he needs to do more in his latter in the latter part of his career. You know, running backs have a you know pretty short careers compared to some other positions. So um, I am going to go dump him.
0: Based on what we've seen in training camp so far, Bobby. I know the rules. Kayvon <laughs> Thibodeau. Dumb. Wow. You haven't he has, been, you
2: haven't been overly impressed? He's so had far? flashes, but he hasn't been like consistently dominant. Okay.
0: It's this just, isn't saying we want to dump him long-term, obviously. Yeah, this, this segment is making
2: pick. me making me feel bad because I'm saying I'm dumping the guy that I love. No, like it's just I'm, based on what feature. we've
3: seen the first
0: seven days
2: Bobby of
3: Skinner came. is so stingy on these fun segments that are supposed to be fun. He's, he's, he's
0: trying to take it totally literal, <laughs> right? Yeah. He's... I'm going to
2: go it date him. It ruins all
3: the nuance. I'm going to go date him. Um, I'm gonna date him, too. There was a really, really fun play where he went outside to inside on Andrew Thomas um, You know, during a practice one of the first weeks. And even when there isn't plays where he's winning the battle, um, Andrew Thomas and Kayvon Thibodeau are getting the best out of each other, and they're competing. So I'm going to go date him.
0: See, I would say date him, too, because I'm almost expecting him to be up and down. That would be my my the, my, my uh No my nuance. Date know. him or dump him. Uh Aaron, he's, he's ruining jer- the game. He's such a He's jerk. ruining the game. I am. I mean, it's a total, total buskill. He's ruining <laughs> Aaron Robinson. I'm going with Justin first because I don't want to deal with Bobby.
3: Date him. Uh, he's been very, very physical. Um, I don't know if it is by design, but the Giants coaching staff or you know the Giants offense, they have just been targeting him a ton during this training camp. Um, and even when he's allowed catches, he's been physical. He's been there. He's been trying to play the ball. So I'm going to go date him. Bobby?
2: I'm dating him because my expectations weren't huge, and he's had some good moments.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I would. Be, I'm like on the border of that one. I might go and dump him because I just feel like he's going to get called for like a gazillion penalties. Yeah. With the way he's with the way he's played. And that's like, true. You've seen him flagged a bunch of times already. Mm-hmm. I think he got flagged on like a fourth down play a couple days ago, which like God, we don't. That's like the that's like the last thing you kind of. I kind
3: of I kind of would rather see that than you get beat thirty yards down the field. So if 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 there's something bad that has to come out of Aaron Robinson's training camp, getting flagged a little too many times versus allowing thirty yard you know explosive plays, then I'll take that. Okay.
0: Uh, let's finish with this, Bobby. I think he I'm I'm this is like the tee up of all tee ups. Andrew Thomas. Date, 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 date. Andrew
2: Thomas. Oh He put this van together. He's looking awesome in training <laughs> camp. He's mean, gonna yeah. take the next he step. He does look good, I will say that um, for sure. Even though even though you are in love with him. I am in love you with him. You literally would actually
0: date Andrew yeah. Thomas.
2: I te- I messaged it? him a picture of the van, and I said she misses you to Andrew Thomas the mm. other day. <laughs> he really appreciated um, that. So he wasn't
3: creeped out by that.
2: No, I'm sure not. At all. So no, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm dating Andrew Thomas.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm you know date him too. Uh, you know, really, really looks solid last year. Um, I'm excited for what he can do. Hopefully, he's fully healthy this year. He looks good in training camp. Um, so I'm going date him.
0: Okay, here's here's where uh, I'm going to end this uh, this uh, segment right here. Ready? Ready. I watch practice every day. And we talked about this before we started. The secondary is definitely an area of concern. The depth of that secondary, holy cow! What concerns you more, or which? which actually, which is the weaker you, you know unit depth-wise in your opinion? Defensive back, cornerback, or tight end?
2: I like the way you change the question because if it was which is yeah, concerns you more, course, it's easily the DB because group
0: because DBs is a more important position. Yeah, um, right. So I think that's why I had to to change that right there real quick. I
2: I can't believe I'm saying something's thinner than the Giants' DB room, but the tight end, Andre Miller is a converted wide receiver from the University of Maine. I liked him a little bit, you know, when we do our undrafted free agent review. He is now, their backup tight, looks like right now, their number two tight end, and their starting fullback. This guy was a wide receiver for the University of Maine last year, and he might be their starting fullback (laughs) Um, you know, the, the H-back position, the number two tight end. He's probably never blocked and, in his life. And their clear-cut, not even a doubt, uh, number one tight end is a fourth-rounder who, you know, had like 28 catches last year. Who is,
0: who is at best underutilized at San Diego And, and Chris State. Myrick yes. might
2: be the third tight end. Like Jordan Aikens who and Ricky Seals-Jones. May caught the
0: ball be- with his butt, by the way. Right when it was thrown at it, hit him in the chest. Guy catches every catch it with his butt.
2: Listen, Giants weren't going he to in the red spend zone last the playoffs with Cincinnati whatever. last year, so he's bringing that winning culture. I mean, <laughs> you would imagine you how thin the tight end room was in the offseason, and you said that Akins and Ricky Seal Jones might not even make the team. Like it's 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 unbelievably thin. Yeah.
0: All right, we're gonna end on that. Note, so I'm gonna we're, we're gonna end this segment. So I'm gonna let the talking Giants guys take care of it for me. On to the next one.
1: Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall.
0: All right, that was a lot of fun right there. Uh, that was the Talking Giants, guys. Go check them out, Talking Giants, uh, all over the Internet. Uh, really, I like the perspective. It's a, little, it's a different perspective than your you know normal beat writer perspective of uh, covering the team. So uh, definitely something uh, I also watch and keep my eye on as well uh, of the of the work that they do because I, I, do, I do respect it. Now, I'm going to give you a little Jordan on the beat right here. This is the portion of the podcast where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, work for ESPN, cover the NFL in general. And I'm going to talk to you about the struggle we're going through right now. Okay. So it's the dog days of summer it's 90 95 98 degrees super humid, hot that sun is pounding on you you're tired at the end of the day you're hungry now you go after practice you do interviews with players and then you go and the giants have a tent where they have media dining basically they give you where they give you lunch okay free lunch which of course not complaining i never complain about free stuff right i'm a I'm a sports writer who's fat and out of shape, got the belly. My jackets are too tight in the midsection because, you know, this is what we do. This is part of the job description. At these events, they basically feed you. But here's where the struggle comes in, right? So I'm hungry. Trying to eat healthy, kind of. And you walk in there, and there's a big plate of cookies chocolate chip cookies warm soft chocolate chip cookies now there's also the oatmeal raisin which we all know are trash and by the end of the day the uh chocolate chip are pretty much gone and the oatmeal raisin are sitting there there's a whole plate of oatmeal raisin so if you want to tell me how oatmeal raisin's great it's the better cookie you know so- sociological experiments by just putting them out on the table always you know settles that debate it's chocolate chip first you know oatmeal raisin last i mean that's just the way it is Go look at any cookie tray that's sitting out there. Test it. Oatmeal raisin sits there at the end. But anyway, so you're walking by that tray. And those cookies are staring you in the face. Nice, soft, gooey cooked chocolate chip cookies, man. They look so good. And you wanna just grab one. You wanna grab another one. You wanna go for two or three. You just wanna do it. And when you're trying to eat healthy, it's it's a struggle because I mean Is there many things better in life than free chocolate chip cookies? The answer to that, by the way, is no, there's not. Who doesn't like chocolate chip cookies? Nick, seriously, you're an alien if you don't like chocolate chip cookies. In my mind. I mean, I I don't know many people, even Brian Dunleavy. You you saw his uh, eating idiosyncrasies. Even he loves chocolate chip cookies, right? It's a staple. It's a basic. But no, this is part of the training camp struggle. Like if I go a day and I only take one chocolate chip cookie, I consider that a success. Yeah, I only ate one, that's good. It's good portion control right there. But the problem is you get to the two, the three, the four. There was once a guy who took, I saw it with my own eyes. Dan Graziano was there, 12 cookies. Yeah, at once, 12. This was years ago, years and years ago. Kind of when I was first on the beat. And we're all standing there waiting online. And he takes 12. So this is not, basically, there's not going to be enough left for everyone behind him. 12 cookies for himself. That was the thing. Now, I'm not going 12. But I'm not going to lie. There have been days where I went four, five, maybe even six deep. That's no, no bueno. You can't go five cook chocolate chip cookies. That's how you got the gut. Where when you put the jacket on, it's a little tight around the belly and around the back. And that's where we're at these days. So this is where this is what it's like at training camp every day. The internal fight that I'm having with myself. No, I want a cookie. I don't want a cookie. I know I do want a cookie. I don't want a cookie. Yeah, that's where we're at. Of course, this is all tongue-in-cheek because they're offering us free food and free cookies. So I'm not complaining. I'm not. I'm just talking about the struggle, the internal struggle that I'm going through these days. That's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. We'll do a Giants After Dark soon. So reach out. You know how to find me. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, email. uh, Did I miss anything? TikTok. Like, subscribe. Tell your friends. Also, go to uh, YouTube, Jordan Ronan. Depth chart might be out now. Coming up, one or the other. So until next time, you listen to Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ronan. See you next time.